Hey there, welcome to the Lighthouse Church Sermon Broadcast. The title of today's message is Engaged to Jesus. It is a wonderful moment when a couple realize that they belong together for life and they decide to get married. Some couples do this fairly quietly, while others make their engagement a public celebration with things like photo shoots, social media posts, and an engagement party. But whether public or private, engagement is a very big deal. The couple have decided that they don't want to continue living as two individuals who are close friends. But they want to live life now as a unit, as a married couple. They are choosing a lifetime of faithfulness to one another, to live as one. Engagement and marriage are also very important to Jesus. Not just because this is God's design for men and women, but because it is a picture of his relationship with his church. Jesus likened himself to a bridegroom, and he likened the kingdom of God to a marriage. Listen to Jesus' words, Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. I'll read all texts from the New International Version. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 1. At that time, Jesus had been talking about the end of the age, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. That would have been for a wedding celebration. John the Baptist also likened Jesus to a bridegroom and his followers to his bride. John chapter 3, verses 26 to 30. They, that is John's disciples, came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this John replied, A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. And the Apostle Paul also likened Jesus to be our bridegroom, our husband-to-be. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that Just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion 
to Christ. Finally, in Revelation, John saw a vision of the wedding, with Jesus as the bridegroom and the church as his bride. Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 8. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. In the New Testament, we find that the church is called different things in order to help us understand what we are called to be and what we are called to do. The church is often called the body of Christ, but we are also called the bride of Christ. The image of the body speaks a great deal about our functioning and our unity. The image of the bride speaks of our relationship with Jesus, of his devotion to us and of our devotion to him. A powerful picture of this is found in Paul's letter to the Ephesian church as he counseled married couples on their relationships. He urged the husbands to follow the example of Jesus as Jesus loves his bride, the church. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. Verse 31. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. So marriage is this beautiful, profound picture of the relationship between Jesus and the church, between him and you and I. So do you want to get a better idea of how Jesus loves you? Then take a look at a bridegroom. Take a look at how he loves his bride with such love and delight. Here's a photo from a recent wedding as an example. And take a look at a devoted husband who willingly makes sacrifices for the good of his wife. Then realize that our human devotion is 
desperately weak when it's compared with the devotion of Jesus. What we see in a truly devoted bridegroom or husband is but a pale reflection of the love of Jesus. Jesus is the perfect bridegroom. So let's look again and see this loving devotion that he has for us. Verse 25 says, He gave himself for us. He gave up his heavenly glory to come to earth as a man. Then he gave up that human life on a cross. Verse 26 says, He gave himself up for our wholeness and well-being, working to make us holy and perfectly clean. Verse 27 says that his end goal is that we are glorious, radiant, holy and blameless. This is true love. This is our bridegroom. The cross of Christ is a picture of perfect love. That Jesus would do whatever it took to make us his and to make us glorious. I think we often look at the agony of this love on the cross. But these texts reveal something of the love that is behind that agony. So, the first big lesson from the image of the bride and groom is that Jesus loves us deeply and passionately. That he is completely committed to us. And friends, this love is not just full of passion. It also has a magnificent purpose. A famous love song once proclaimed, I love you just the way you are. And Jesus does love us just as we are. But Jesus loves us way too much. To leave us just as we are. Our Ephesians text tells us that Jesus gave himself up for her, verse 26, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, verse 27, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Jesus loves us in spite of the damage done by us, done to us by life on this fallen earth. But he wants to see us restored. He loves us in spite of the sin that has soiled us. But he wants to see us washed clean. The goal of his love for us is to see us Radiant, faultless, holy, and blameless. So this love that Jesus has for you and I is purposeful. It has a clear goal. He is going to marry a beautiful, holy, radiant bride. I think this should give us an incredible sense of security and confidence. Jesus loves us deeply and passionately. He is 100% committed to us. 
And Jesus is 100% committed to seeing us made holy and made whole. His goal is to make us radiant, faultless, holy, and blameless. Now, if Jesus, the King of Kings, who has all authority in heaven and on earth, loves us like this, we can surely live with a deep sense of security and confident expectation. This is the amazing love of Jesus. But friends, Jesus is not seeking a one-sided relationship where he loves us and we don't love him back. He seeks our love for him. He seeks our devotion to him. Let's reread Paul's words to the Corinthian church. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 2 and 3. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. As we get to better understand Jesus' love for us, we realize that we have to respond to this love. We have to invest in this relationship as well. Using the image of the bride and groom, we have to accept his marriage proposal. We have to commit ourselves to this marriage. But we are now expected to live in sincere and pure devotion to Christ. In Jewish culture, engagement, often called betrothal, is a formal declaration that a couple are going to get married. It is decided. It is 100% final. To break this commitment would require a divorce. Once engaged, the couple now focus on preparing for married life. The groom would typically prepare a home for them, and the bride would typically prepare herself for the wedding and for life as a wife. That time of preparation between betrothal and the actual wedding was not fixed. It could be a long time. If you and I have put our faith in Jesus and have decided to follow him, then we have accepted his marriage proposal. We are now engaged. We are now 100% committed to him and he is 100% committed to us. We are now in our time of preparation. Between now and when Jesus returns, we are to prepare ourselves for the marriage. To use the words from Revelation chapter 19 verse 7, we are to make ourselves ready. The Apostle Paul regarded himself as an attendant to the bride of Christ. His job was to prepare the bride, to prepare the church for Jesus when he returns. His one fear was that the bride would be unfaithful while she was waiting for the groom to return. 
So he wrote these words of caution to the Corinthian church. He was afraid that the the devil would deceive them and undermine their sincere and pure devotion to Christ. As a church elder, one of my jobs is to help you to make yourself ready for Jesus and to stay devoted to him. But just like you, I also need to make myself ready for Jesus. I need to make sure that I stay devoted to him. One day, we will see Jesus face to face with no barriers between us. One day, we will celebrate a feast like no other as we enter our new home in our Father's house. On that day, we will be radiant, faultless, holy and blameless. Until that day, we live in preparation. One day we will be together forever. So we make ourselves ready. We prepare ourselves for eternity with Jesus. So we get rid of old, sinful, destructive ways that no longer belong in our lives. We learn Jesus' new, holy, helpful ways. We're going to live in the household of Jesus. So we need to learn the ways of this household. Theologians use the word sanctification to describe the changes that happen in our lives as we learn Jesus' ways. If we think of these changes in terms of marriage preparations, we could possibly use a different word, maybe something like beautification. We are becoming the beautiful bride that Jesus will one day marry. Let's not think of the changes that we make as cold disciplines, things that we have to do, but as marriage preparations, as we get ourselves ready so that that wedding day is going to be spectacular because we are ready. We are getting ready for the the biggest moment of our lives. Friends, we are the bride of Christ. Let's live secure in his promise to us. Let's live faithful to him. And let's make ourselves ready.